0: Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message.
1: Well, this morning, we're going to start with a brand new series, and you saw the video up there, and it's called All In. Um, You know, this morning we we can kind of stay, and I love the video, it said, you know, we can kind of stay in the shallow end of the water, or we can go into the deep end. And over the next few weeks, we want to talk about going all in with God. I know there are times, I I got saved when I was five, and there are times when I am all in with God. And there are times when I'm standing at the shallow end of the water and I can tell you that when I go all in into the deep end I I can't reach the bottom I, I, I have to work a little bit harder to you know swim around but man is it fun how many of you guys have a pool and you understand that you don't put the diving board in the shallow end right the diving board goes in the deep end and there's a reason for that and so the the fun that we have when we go all in with God, the adventure that we have when we go all in with God, the journey that we get to take when we go all in with God is so exciting. It's a little scary at times, but it's so wonderful. It's a lot better than standing on that shallow end looking out. And so that's what we're going to talk about for the next couple weeks. And this morning, we're going to start with one of our core values as a church we have a lot of core values. You can see them on our website. We believe that every church has a a personality and identity and, and, you know, we're all God's people, but we're all different. You know, there's all kinds of incredible churches around Tallahassee, but they're all different. It doesn't mean that one's right and one's wrong. It's just different. And I love that God creates variety. Um, but our church, we have core values. One of our core values is we, we value transparency that we're going to live life without the mask on, that you don't have to come in here pretending like you've got everything together. I love what Pastor DJ said. You know, this altar, we don't look at the altar as, ooh, what did they do? We look at it as, man, they're hungry for God. And so we we choose to live life without that mask on, that we can be transparent. One of our core values is generosity. We value generosity. And this is what we say. We say we live life with an open hand rather than a closed fist. We live life with our hand wide open rather than a closed fist. We live a life of generosity. Now, some of you just got a little scared (laughs) because you're like, oh, we talking about money today. We're not talking about money today. So everybody can just take a deep breath. Ryan said this one time, he said he had read that the most sensitive nerve in the whole body is the nerve that runs from the heart to the wallet. <laughs> We're not talking about money today, but we are gonna talk about being generous because we, we honestly believe, and the Bible, Scripture talks a lot about money, but we believe that being generous is so much more than financial, that we can, how many people have seen people that are very giving with their money, but super stingy with their love? You know, this world, we're, we're raising a generation that are charitable givers. Whether they attend church or not, they're giving, you know, it, it, it's, it's the end thing to do right now is to be charitable. Do you know, it's so much more than giving financially. But being generous is really living our life with our hands wide open, saying whatever I have, whether it's my gifting, my talent, love, giving someone by that's walking by that needs peace or needs some kindness, whatever I have, it's yours because I'm fulfilled. And when we live an all in life with the Lord, we have a heart of generosity we have a heart where we can share with others what God has shared with us. This series is about going all in and living the life God has promised you and God has promised me. And we can never have that. It'll never happen. Hear me, if we close our grip on our life. When we live our life with a closed hand and we are clinging so hard to the life that we have, we will not live an all in life with God. And I can show you, it says it in scripture. Matthew sixteen twenty-five says this. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life, For my sake, you will save it. We don't live our life with a closed fist, but with an open hand. Because how many of you know the things that you've been given, they're not really yours to begin with. I love my children. I mean, listen, I have three teenagers and the fact that I love them every day of my life is a miracle of God. I may not like them and they sure enough don't like me every day. But I love them so much. At the beginning of their life, Ryan and I stood on a platform stage like this and gave our children to the Lord. They're not ours; they're ours to steward and to take care of. But they belong to Him. And our life is like that, friends. When we hold on to it, no, that's mine. That's that's mine. And we don't open up our hand to say, Lord, thank you for this blessing. It's all yours. And what you give, you give. And what you take away, you take away. In the book of Job, it's probably one of the greatest stories of hardship that we've ever read other than what Christ did for us, the hardship he faced. But watching a righteous man, an upright man, walk through so much pain, And I have to tell you, when we go all in with the Lord and when we decide that he's who we're going to live for, it doesn't mean our life is going to be perfect. For years and years, we were taught part of this theology. You have a blessed life when you are with the Lord. Let me tell you, it is a blessed life but it's not a perfect life. And the greatness of the blessing of God is that when we do walk through hardship, he walks through with us. Well, this morning we want to start with prayer and and, um, we're going to say this loud and from our heart. And I want you this morning, and there's one portion of this prayer that we pray every Sunday morning that I absolutely love, but I want you in your heart to really Um, Not that you don't ever mean it, any of the other times you say it, but when we say the courage to respond, I want you to allow that to be in your heart today, that this morning you will have the courage to respond to the word of God. Can we say it together? Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you remember what it was like to learn how to ride a bike? Anybody fall off of a bike? I, I would fall off of a bike. I grew up in Maine. Uh, we moved to Florida when I was a sophomore in high school. So um, there was only a little bit of time in our life that we could actually ride a bike outside um, because it, there was snow on the ground. Um, but I learned how to ride a bike in Maine. And so when you learn how to ride a bike, what is on the bike to start with? Training wheels. Very good. This, this side is being very interactive. Thank you so much. Training wheels. How many of you, did, okay, so here's the thing. How many of you did not learn how to ride a bike on training wheels, but instead your dad just held the back of it and was like, all right, now you got to pedal and keep pedaling faster. You're going to fall off. Now go. But in order to learn a bike, some of, you know, and it keeps us from falling side to side, but eventually we have to take those training wheels off. Eventually, as we start to learn how to ride a bike, that kind of goes off. And there's still some falls and some scrapes, but we have to eventually take those things off. The training wheels are a tool to teach us how to ride. But they were never intended to be on our bike for the rest of our lives. First Corinthians says this. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish or childhood behind me. Childish ways behind me. This morning, it's a little bit of a deeper message. We're about to kick the training wheels off of our bike. And we're going to let the father hold the back of the bike and say, son, daughter, you're ready to go. You're ready to ride. And we're going to let the Lord move in our heart today. Because one of the areas he really wants us to grow in, one of the things that he wants us to develop is a heart of generosity. Because see, growing up, we have, when we're, when we're childish and we're, we're young, we have a self-serving heart. There are two words that a two-year-old knows very, very well. Two words that they tend to say over and over and over again. No, 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 no. And the other one is mine. Mine, that's mine. Mine. Um, Do you know? Sometimes we can act like we're two, <laughs> because we'll look at God and we're like, no, 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 oh no, that's mine, that's mine. And when we have a, a kind of a self-serving heart, those are the two words we go back to: that no, that mine. But when we have a generous heart, when we choose to live life with a hand wide open, we look at God and we say, yes, yours. No longer no mine, but yes, yours. And a generous heart opens up our, our minds and opens up our lives to go all in with him. See, Jesus wants us to live with a generous heart because he had a generous heart. Ephesians 5.1 says this, imitate God. Therefore, in everything that you do, because you are his dear children. It doesn't just say in certain areas of your life, imitate God. But in everything you do, look like God, be an imitator of God. He is a generous God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He gave more than money, friends. He gave the thing that was the most precious to him. And for us to have a generous heart, for us to be imitators of God, for us to let go of the selfish ways of our life, we have to allow ourselves to be made in the image of the one that created us. So what does it look like? What does it look like to have a heart of generosity? I love that it doesn't depend on how much we put in the offering, I love that it doesn't mean that we'll never experience a difficulty. I love that it doesn't just mean that we're gonna get a bunch of stuff. But in the book of Deuteronomy, it talks about the generosity, the giving, the life that we live when we are obedient with God. And a heart of generosity, and get this, friends, a heart of generosity is the key to a blessed life. If you have walked in here today and you it's the same old, same old, I here I am facing this all over again and again and again and again. This morning, God wants to share with you a key to unlock that blessed life, to unlock a life going all in with him. Because Like I said before, it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. Doesn't mean you're not going to have heartache. But for some reason, when the Holy Spirit gets involved in our heartache, there is hope on the other end. For some reason, when the Holy Spirit gets involved with our grief, there's comfort in the moment. Comfort that a person can't give us. I don't know about you. We, we've had loss in, in our family. We've had death in our family. We've had sickness. We, it's just, you know, every, no family is immune to that. And we would have people come to us and, and share their condolences, which I have to say is wonderful. When you have a church family around you that can honestly pray for you and love you and care for you, it, it's, it, it's so wonderful to know you're not alone but there is nothing like the comfort of the Holy Spirit because the people will walk back out the door and you'll be alone. And in those moments of quiet, in those moments of being alone, the Holy Spirit breathes in and wraps his arms around us and he comforts us in our grief. He comforts us in our loss. And so for us to have a generous heart means we become imitators of God. That it's not just about what we give, but it's the life that we live. This morning, we're gonna talk about a principle. A principle that's throughout the Bible that we see in Deuteronomy, we see in the New Testament. And it's this it's the principle of sowing and reaping. And we find this principle here in Galatians. So open up your Bibles to Galatians chapter 6 or your smartphones. We're going to read this morning out of the uh, NIV version. But we're going to read Galatians chapter 6 and we're going to start in verse 7. And it says this do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked, a man reaps what he sows, whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap reap destruction, and whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest, If we do not give up, there is a principle in the Bible of sowing and reaping. Now we've heard this. You've heard this on TV. Ryan and I, listen, I got to tell you, we have a, we have a real hard time. We don't look at TV preachers and judge them. Oh, it got super quiet. Everybody's like, what's she going to say next? We do know that there is an imbalance in the theology of sowing and reaping. See, there's truth that you reap what you sow. There is truth that you give and you receive. But we don't give to get. We give because he said so. And so I truly believe if, if, we look at, if we look at what we see on TV and we say, oh, they're just in it for the money, or they're just in it for this, or, or they're just wanting something for me, then what we're going to do is we're going to take everything that that person says and we're going to judge it based off of what we think they're after. Instead of looking at the word of God and saying, your word says, when we sow, we reap a harvest. See, that's the truth of God's word. We can't throw out the theology because we don't like who's preaching it. What we do is we get in with the word of God. We don't swing one way or the other. How many of you have seen that throughout, uh, I would say probably especially the last 70 years, we have seen just like a pendulum, a, a swing of theology where whatever was happening in our culture, God began to pour out the truth from his word. If you think that, listen, if you think that God is not speaking to our culture, then you just, you, you haven't read history because in the moments where the free love was happening, when all of the things were happening in Woodstock and you saw all of the things, which I, I tell you what, my, my daughter journey and I, we should have been born in the Woodstock days. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, and, and you see those, you know, the things that were happening of, all over this nation. What was coming out of the church? Purity, holiness. That is the truth of God's word that when you see in culture, there's something that's not right. Then what you, what you hear from the word of God is the truth of the matter. What happens is we get in the way And we make the entire gospel about holiness and purity and completely forget grace. Because see, I was a sinner and I still am now praise God. I don't sin like I used to, but I need his forgiveness and his grace every day. And so what we have seen with sowing and reaping is that a pendulum has shifted that whenever people began to operate in this principle, their life began to get blessed. So they just wanted to live right there. I just want to live in that life. Let me just live in the life where I get. And the Lord's like, no, no, no. You get to give to others. You get to impart to others. And so the principle of sowing and reaping is in the word of God. Galatians 6 tells us this. He said, "He says here, Paul says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows but he goes on and says this, you are going to reap what you sow. He didn't say a believer. He didn't say a Christ follower. He said, whoever sows will reap, but he goes on to say this, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. See, it's a principle no matter who you are. Whether you choose to follow God today or not, the principle of sowing and reaping follows you because God sets the rules. He sets the principles and we just live by them. If you sow of the flesh, you will of the flesh reap. And and I I keep going back to the King James Version, corruption. Corruption destruction but if you sow to please the spirit from the spirit you will reap eternal life the the passage the chapter before this in Galatians is the fruit of the Holy Spirit love joy peace patience kindness that's what I want to reap from my life the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that's what I want to reap. But if I'm going to reap the fruit, then I have to sow in the Spirit. We have a, a culture and a society today that says, you know, do what feels right. What's your truth? Do what, do what makes you, not maybe not makes you happy, but what feels right. The problem with that is our feelings lie. And so if we continually sow into our feelings, if we continue to sow, well, this is what I feel, then we will of our feelings reap drama. Because one day we feel great, and the next day we feel bad. And the one day we can, I can face the world, and the next day I cannot even... Get out of bed if that alarm goes off one more time. How many of y'all press snooze? We lost an hour today. I did. When we sow to the flesh, we will reap from the flesh. But if we sow to the spirit of God, oh, what a blessed life we will reap from that. It's an eternal life. The principle of sowing and reaping is this. It's very simple. Friends, if we sow good things, we will reap good things. If we sow bad things, we will reap bad things. It's very, very simple. But it goes deeper than that when we talk about it on a spiritual level. Because it's not just sowing bad things, it's sowing flesh things. And it's not just sowing good things, it's sowing God things. And from the Spirit, we will reap the things of God. Having a generous heart means this. It's understanding that our hand is open. And that because our hand is open, we let go of the seed. And allow it to be planted into good soil. And we reap the fruit of it. When we move to Washington State, so here we have... um oranges and grapefruit and lemon trees. and, But when we moved to Washington State, apples, there, there are apple trees everywhere. So we moved into the parsonage, which is the home that the church owned. We moved in there and there were six apple trees in the backyard and two plum trees. Well, we got there in May. And so we were like, we're going to have fruit. We're going to have... I mean, and it was an, it was a smaller backyard, so it was just in, it was just covered in these beautiful fruit trees. I'm not an outdoor person. I have killed more plants than I can even begin to tell you. When we were in Washington, every woman worked in their garden. Every woman did. And I was like, I don't know. I um I walk outside from my house to my car, that's about all I can give you. What's an indoor sport we can play? (laughs) But I I kill every plant. And so they, they loved me so much, they were gonna try to teach me. So they gave me what was called a succulent. Have you ever heard of that? Supposedly, you cannot kill a succulent. I beg to differ. (laughs) We named him Gordon because who knows journey and I get together and the things that pop into our head, we're going to name him Gordon and we put Gordon in our kitchen and we loved on Gordon and we talked to Gordon and we didn't water Gordon too much. And because you don't have to water succulents a lot. They just live um, Gordon didn't make it. (laughs) So I called my girlfriend, Tracy, and I was like, okay, you gave me this. It's dying. She goes, don't worry, Andrea. I will bring it back to life. I said, it's not an it, it is Gordon. And she said, I will bring Gordon back to life. So she took Gordon home, her and her fifth grader brought this succulent back to life re it was a brand new bud i mean it was there it was beautiful she handed it back to me i'm like gordon (laughs) 2.0 we got this (laughs) y'all it didn't even last two weeks they came back with a plastic succulent (laughs) that they had bought in the dollar section of target and they hit I still have it they handed it to me I was like this will make it in my house listen y'all it's a miracle my children have lived as long as they have <laughs> we moved into this house and they had all these apple trees what do you think happened in the fall when all of these blooms became fruit six apple trees two plum trees Started to grow, it was beautiful, but then all of a sudden it took over our entire yard. Hundreds of apples. There, when I, hundreds, we would try to pick them up and we had to try to pick them up before our dog got to them because she had to go to the emergency room because she was dehydrated from eating so many plums. <laughs> Listen, we almost lost her. She's so alive, it's a miracle. And so we're, we're picking up these apples, and he, I love this. Here's the thing: We don't know how many apples are in a tree. We don't know how many pieces of fruit we're going to get from the tree that's planted. We don't know we can plant one seed but we don't know how many apples come from that one seed. And when we plant seeds into the ground and believe God for a harvest of 30, 60, and 100 fold, we step back and we see the overwhelming amount of harvest that God will bless to us. We have no idea what the one seed planted will be. But it is determined, listen, it is determined by what we sow. It is determined by what we sow. Luke 6 says this, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, running over, to make room for more. And poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. We can look at this verse and think about money. And, and friend, this happens financially. Ryan and I have been tithers our entire marriage. My dad taught me how to tithe when I was a little kid. When I was, when I was young, he took me to the bank when I got my first, like, you know, job. Whatever, I think I, I don't know, who knows what I did. I didn't babysit. But when I got my first job, my dad was like, okay, here, you know, uh, we're going to put your money in in your account. And he he would always tell me, he was like, the first check you write is to the church. You give 10%. At 10 years old, I knew the first 10% that I gave was to the church. It was, just, it was a principle that I've lived by. Have Ryan and I had financial hardship? Yes. Have we struggled financially? Have we lost financially? Have we lost jobs and been without? We've been without what we wanted, but we've never been without what we needed. It is a principle that we live by. And if you read the scripture, you can think, oh, it's money. But if you look at the two verses before it, listen, verse 36 says this in Luke 6, you must be compassionate, not just as your father is compassionate. I mean, I'm sorry, just, I need to put my glasses on. Just as your father is compassionate, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, Or it will come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Then he says, give and you will receive your gift. What is the gift? The gift is forgiveness. The gift is compassion. The gift is love. Whether that comes financially, whether that comes by words, however that gift goes out, you will receive back. See, we've taken this verse kind of not out of context because it does mean financial, but a heart of generosity is so much more than money. If we give compassion, we will reap compassion. If we give financially, we will reap that our needs will be met. when we put it in the context of every area of our life, the sowing and reaping, the heart of generosity, that truly is where we live in the blessed life. If you want an orange tree in the back of your yard, you don't plant an apple tree, an apple seed. What you sow, you will reap. So I wanna ask you a couple questions this morning. What fruit are you harvesting in your life that's making you miserable? What fruit are you harvesting? It's just, you're like this relationship, mm, it's miserable. The, the drama in this relationship this job is miserable. I would ask you what fruit are you what seed are you sowing to produce that fruit. See for in order for us to have a happy marriage we have to sow into our marriage. Ryan and I have been married for 24 years. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's been a very happy 23 years. We've been married 24. Year one, we didn't we didn't understand the sowing and reaping. See, I'm the baby of the family. How many older siblings do we have? If you're the oldest, raise your hand. Oh, there's a lot of them. Don't you love the baby of the family so much? Isn't the baby of the family the sweetest, kindest, most, most loving? Y'all are all laughing because it's not true. (laughs) The baby of the family pushes buttons. (laughs) For the first year of our marriage. Listen, I am not proud of this, but it's funny now. It was not funny that first year. But that first year of our marriage, man, there's something inside of me. I don't know what it is. Like, it's flesh. (laughs) But I would... I look at, and I'm like, that is not an appropriate reaction to what just happened. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, there's a button I know I can push that will be that that reaction is justified. So if you're gonna react that way, let me just push that button. And that's what I did to Ryan. For one year, I would push the button and then I would just stand back and just watch. Because it didn't affect me. It doesn't, listen, for you older siblings, it does not affect the baby of the family that you get upset with them. (laughs) What does that bother me? And so I would push that button and from that button, I would reap a reaction. If you want to have a happy marriage, if we want our marriages to be, you know, not perfect, but... wonderful, then we have got to sow into our marriages, compassion and love and forgiveness and understanding. I'm, I'm not going to say those words because I know when I say that one word, I know what it's going to do to you. I know what that one phrase that I say over and over again, I but you've already hurt me so bad. I'm going to hurt you back. It's the same thing with our relationship with our children. Scripture says that we are not to provoke our children to become angry. Now, we are still the parent. But we know that there are words that we can say that will scar our children for life. Praise God for Christian therapy. Because there is healing from those words. But we need to make sure that if we want a good relationship with our children, that we sow into them. Listen, I show my children respect because I, I expect respect back, but I don't expect respect from them because I'm their mother. I want to be the kind of Christian that my children will respect me because they see my life. Friends, if we are going to have good relationships, if we are gonna have good finances, if we're gonna have godly marriages, then we have to sow into those what we desire to reap back. Compassion. Jesus says we must be compassionate in Luke chapter six. Jesus says we do not judge others. He says we don't condemn others. We forgive others. So that way we can reap back what we've sown. What are you harvesting in your life that is making you miserable? If we are judgmental to others, we will reap that back. Friend, I love walking around this city and being able to encounter those that do not know Christ. I don't judge them for their life. I don't judge them for their choices. I give them compassion and love because I know if not for the grace of God, so go I. Are we being critical to others? Then we're going to reap criticism. Are we holding unforgiveness in our heart to others? We will reap unforgiveness. It makes us miserable. Matthew 7, 2 says, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged remember that when you're looking at someone and you're looking at their life, it's the classic, you know, I'm, I may not be perfect, but I'm not doing that. That same standard that we judge others, that's the judgment that we reap back on ourselves. The second question I have, you, I have for you this morning is this, what new seeds can you start sowing in order to reap a new kind of harvest. So the seed, the fruit that you're getting now, it's making you miserable. The drama, the financial lack, the, the struggles, the, the burdens, the, you're, you're reaping all of this from the flesh. I ask you this morning, what new seeds can you sow today to reap a new type of harvest? Because the truth is, if his word is true, and it is, the principle is this, if I sow to the flesh, I'm going to reap from the flesh. But praise God, if I sow into the spirit, I will reap from the spirit eternal life. So the fruit that you have today, you don't have to have tomorrow. In fact, you can sow new seed today. And say, Lord, I choose today to live a life of generosity. I choose today to open up my hand and whatever seed you put in there, Lord, I give it back to you. That I'm not going to grab a hold of my life and live my life for myself. But instead, I'm going to open up my hand. I'm going to sow seeds into the spirit. I'm going to sow into the spirit and not into my flesh. And I believe that I will reap a harvest I will reap a harvest of understanding. I will reap a harvest of love. I will reap a harvest of forgiveness. Friend, it is not easy. It is not easy to sacrifice your flesh. But he is worth it. See, I I think about all the time. When I think about sowing into the flesh and I think about the thing, pushing that button and I think about the things that I need and I want, I think about what my savior did on the cross for me. Because his life, he gave up freely. His life, he said, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. And he is worth it. He is worthy of our life. Oftentimes we want the blessing of a good harvest, but we fail to realize that we have to sow good seed. Sometimes bad things happen to us because of someone else's choices. And I, th- I think when we were talking about before with the balance, this is what I, I, I don't want. Every bad thing that's happened in your life is not your fault. It's a thing called life. Adam and Eve fell. We live in a fallen world. We experience bad things. But there are some things in our life that we have received... Because that's the seed we've sown. And knowing the difference, knowing that we're not gonna live in the sin, we're gonna live in the spirit. We're not gonna give judgment, we're gonna give understanding. We're not gonna give unforgiveness and bitterness, we're gonna give forgiveness and compassion. And knowing that we reap what we sow, even when the bad things happen, we can hold on to the promise. In the book of Romans, that he says he works all things together for our good. This morning, we're going to end and we're going to close here. And I want to show you a video. Ryan and I found this um, a little while ago. It's a news report about a man named Billy Ray Harris. And Billy Ray is a homeless man and in a moment he had a choice he could sow to the flesh or he could sow to the spirit and i want you guys to watch this video and and, and see the choice that billy ray made
0: We do want to update you this morning on a homeless man who we first featured here on Today back in February. It's tough to forget his story. Billy Ray Harris was on the street asking for change when a woman accidentally dropped her diamond engagement ring into his cup. He didn't sell it, gave it back. And that changed his life for the better. Panhandling used to be a way of life for Billy Ray Harris. But these days he has a new home, a new car, A new lease on life.
2: When I think of the past, I think, thank God that it's over. I mean, I feel human now.
0: In February, a homeless Billy Ray sat in his usual spot in Kansas City, hoping for spare change when Sarah Darling accidentally dropped her engagement ring in his cup. I didn't really look. I was walking by, and I just kind of went like that. Billy Ray did think about selling the precious piece of jewelry.
2: just couldn't do it. I'm not trying to say that I'm I'm no saint, but I'm no devil either.
0: But instead held on to it, waiting for Sarah to return. A few days later, she did. It was such a feeling of loss when it was gone, and so I'm just so eternally grateful for you. So grateful that Sarah and her husband Bill set up a fund for Billy Ray. His story made national headlines.
2: Put a valuable ring. Her
1: engagement ring. Homeless Missouri man.
0: Immediately returned the ring. And led to an appearance on our show. A lot of people who had been touched by the story had expressed interest in helping Billy Ray. And we set the goal for $1,000. The donations far surpassed their goal. In three months, they raised more than $190,000. But that wasn't all. Billy Ray was about to get another surprise. A reunion with the family he hadn't seen in more than 16 years.
2: This is a really big surprise. <laughs> I'm in shock.
0: These days he and his family are working on their relationship as Billy Ray adjusts to his new life and newfound fame in Kansas City.
2: Still see some of the same people, but only now instead of coming up giving me change, they're coming up shaking my hand and saying, Hey, good job.
0: Billy Ray sought legal counsel and put the money in a trust. He was able to buy that new car.
2: And it feels good, Richmond.
0: And he's put a down payment on a house.
2: Doing a lot of the work myself. Feels good, you know. Just to even be able to think that you could buy a house. I mean, what do they call it? It's the American dream.
0: <laughs> Soon, he plans to start his own business.
2: Thinking about getting a pickup to so haul around a paint gun, two ladders, and some other paint equipment. And do a long paint. Hey. Definitely seems like his spirit has been rejuvenated. He had the chance to express
1: himself more, you know, buy a new car and buy new clothes. He's just a solid guy and you, you can tell he's hes probably gonna, you know, make it out alright. They still see each other every few
0: weeks. On this day, he's showing off his new ride.
1: I've uh, heard he doesn't know how to drive,
2: so we'll see. hires.
0: <laughs> but what Billy Ray would really like to show is gratitude to everyone who supported him.
2: I want to thank all the people that helped me out. I wanted them to see all their efforts, blessings, and kindness is going.
1: What an incredible story. I love his hat. It says, obey. He said in that clip, he said, I'm not a saint, but I'm not a devil either. He decided to give that ring back. A ring that was worth $10,000. And God blessed him with $191,000. But more than that, he sought wise counsel. He put his money in a trust. He bought a home. He got a, a car. But the moment that his family walked out onto that stage for that family reunion that he hadn't seen in 16 years. He embraced his sister and they wept because friend, there's some things money can't buy. A blessed life, a generous heart, so much more than money. But it's calling that sibling that you've been on the outs with for a long, long time. And whether you think you need to apologize or not, you call them and you say, I'm sorry for the distance between us. I've missed you. It's in that moment where you embrace your spouse when you've been cold for years. You say, it's not worth it. It's the moment that you call your child and you say, I was not a perfect parent. Let's try this again. See, when you sow compassion, you will reap compassion. When you sow forgiveness, you will reap forgiveness. When you are given a choice, I can hold on to this ring I can it can be mine but Lord I'm gonna let it go and watch the blessings of God pour out into your life friend it's a generous heart it's a heart that says I don't live my life on my own but instead I let it go we're gonna pray this morning and the team is gonna lead us back and in the song, Believe For It. Because this morning, some of you are saying, Andrea, it's too late. The harvest that I have is the harvest I'm always gonna have. It's too late. I wanna tell you this morning, believe for it. Believe for the harvest. Believe for the relationship. Believe for the marriage believe for it because his word is true he said that if you sow into the spirit of the spirit you will reap eternal life belief for it today allow your faith to arise and start again that you don't have to live your life with the same old, same old, every day, that rotten fruit that does not fulfill your life, but instead, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Can we stand together this morning? Father, as we come before you today, we thank you for your presence that met us here that has walked us through and Lord we thank you for your word Lord I lift up every person in this place that their faith does not believe that things can be different that the Lord their marriage is done that they cannot they don't have the faith to believe that you can work a miracle Lord I pray in this moment faith to arise Lord that mother that does not believe that her child will come back to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray right now that you will stir her faith and that her faith will arise that she will believe for the miracle. Lord, that father that is desperately desiring Lord God to have and to allow lord god financial blessing in his life and in his family's life lord i pray that you would help him to believe for it lord i thank you i thank you that our life belongs to you and lord i ask in this moment That we will no longer look to the things that we see, but we will believe that planted in the ground is a harvest we cannot see. And Lord, your word says that we will reap it if we do not give up. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you
0: enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at transform TLH. Thanks again for listening. And we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.